Pints with Jack, Season 2, Episode 36. Sitting in the airport. Hey everyone, it is 6am. I am currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. My plane has landed and I am currently waiting for my bag to appear at baggage claim. Matt is going to be landing in a couple of hours and then we're going to drive to Montreat for the C.S. Lewis Symposium. Oh, well, that shows that my bag will probably be coming reasonably soon. As I said in the previous episode, Matt and I are probably going to record an episode each night talking about the talks that we've heard and the things that we've done. But I thought for today's episode, for Tuesday's episode, I thought I would share an extract from my interview on The Catholic Man Show with Adam Minahan and David Niles. The full episode is going to be coming out later this week, so if you'd like to listen to that, please go and find a podcast, subscribe, and you'll get the next two episodes, which will be the first and second part of that interview, where I'm talking about the Screwtape Letters. Anyway, here's the extract. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here with David Bates, drinking a little bit of Bat 69, Mr. Clive's favorite drink, or drink of choice. And how are you finding it now, now that we've been drinking it for a while? I was going to tell you, I was going to say it a couple minutes ago, but then I thought, no, let me wait till we get back on air. It is really setting in, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really strange. (laughs) One thing I meant to say earlier about the Screwtape Letters, it was actually originally published in a a newspaper magazine, an Anglican magazine called The Guardian. It was serialized, so you got a a chapter in each issue. And uh, in one of the prefaces that Lewis wrote later in his life for this book, he tells the story of a clergyman writing into the the newspaper, the magazine, uh, telling them that he was canceling his subscription because he said that in those Screwtape letters, some of the uh, advice given there was not only erroneous, it was practically demonic. <laughs> it's sort of like on Facebook when somebody is getting all riled up about an, <laughs> a, an, an article from The Onion or Eye of the Tiber or Babylon Bee. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, it, it's, it's meant to be. Right. <laughs> like, I think you missed it. And it's just something here. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I really like about the book Screwtape Letters is when he's talking about prayer life. Mm-hmm. So he goes through all these different stages within your life, what happens, like, and the tactics that as a as a devil you should implore or leave alone, you know, throughout the life to, you know, make them miss out on grace, to make them fall and, and eventually end up in hell. Mm-hmm. Like, that's obviously the goal. And one of the things he's talking about in, in, in the prayer life is he focuses so much on prayer life and your feelings mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that so the way the book works is that there's this junior demon this junior devil called wormwood and he's he's assigned to what they call the patient so this guy who's just become a christian and screw tape is writing letters to wormwood giving him advice and with regards to prayer he says if you're patient if this christian if he's praying for bravery uh, let him focus the on the idea that his prayer is only successful if he feels brave. Basically, that any prayer is only as valuable as the feelings that it evokes within him. 
And of course, that's terrible advice. Well, it's, it's excellent advice if you're a demon. Uh, yeah. But if you're a Christian, that's terrible advice because sometimes you get feelings, other times you don't. Because what God wants from us is is our will. And sometimes he will give us feelings that will go along with that and other times we don't and we still have to do that anyway. So he really, really, really says, get this guy to think that his prayer is wasted if he doesn't feel like he's strong or wise or whatever he's praying for at the end. But he also goes after his intercessory prayer. He says he's a new Christian. You're not going to be able to stop him praying for his mother. But we can do some things to basically neutralize these prayers. And he says, well, rather than getting him to pray for his mother's rheumatism, her bad back, let him pray for her soul. And he says this has some really nice consequences because if he's praying for her soul, he said with a little bit of uh, suggestion, you can basically mean that to be that he's he's praying about all of the things that she does that annoy him. <laughs> and he's and he's praying to God that she becomes better and stops doing these things that she's clearly doing on purpose. And not only that, if he says if, if he's praying for her soul, he says this guy doesn't really have any idea of what a soul is. So it's basically like he's praying for an imaginary person. And so he isn't actually generating charity towards his mother. He says, I have other patients that I have so well in hand, so well in hand, that they can be praying for the soul of their wife or their son one moment and then beating them the next. And that's because they've separated the soul and the person so much imaginary, like while they're praying, mm -hmm. that they can't see that while praying for the soul, they're actually supposed to be praying, you know, for the person and then they're beating them. And this is the repeated pattern throughout the Screwtape letters. Whatever this Christian is doing, Screwtape is going to find a way to twist it. And this is a really Augustinian idea. The idea that evil isn't a thing per se. It, it, it is a twisting. It's a privation. It's doing something in the wrong way at the wrong time. And so prayer is just one of the many examples of where, okay, if this guy's, if this guy's going to be doing this, Here's how we tweak it so that he gets no spiritual benefit from it. And actually, we can lead him a little bit closer to hell. Yeah, and so that's just such a good example of what I was saying earlier about he has this insight into reality. I mean, like he just sees things the way that they are and therefore can see the way that, that the evil one works. Uh, you know, oh, get them to just twist this the way, you know, so that you know, you're, you're not actually being effective anymore. And he also is very right with the way in reality that the evil one does work. Okay. Because I could see for someone like him who doesn't have, because he wasn't Catholic. I mean, he was very close. He's awfully, awfully so close, close. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he, it's not like he was, he had received any training in demonology or anything, mm -hmm. but the demons cannot read your thoughts. However, they can implant ideas into your head, but, but they're also very, very good at just simply looking at you and being able to kind of like, oh, well, the expression on your face. I mean, if anybody has ever been able to read somebody's expression, the demons are a hundred times better at that than we are. Because they're smarter and better. Right, exactly. And they can not only just see your face, but they can also kind of see like your blood pressure and they can see like things that are not externally visible, but that are still signs of your physic physicality so to speak so um all of those things are present mm -hmm. in this book which i just find fascinating and lots of people asked him if he managed to write this book through studying moral theology and uh, you know book smarts and he says well you could do it that way but the where i got all of this stuff was from a, another source i basically lived it 
which you goes see? to that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so you know, this whole time, this conversation between uh, Screw Tape and Wormwood, they're they're obviously trying their best to get their quote unquote patient, the person that they're trying to possess and impress, you know, to hell. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Screw Tape gives advice to Wormwood, saying like, "Hey." The road to hell is a very gradual one. It's not something like you don't have to try to make them commit murder or adultery. Like, well, he's he's a young demon. He wants to make his patient do something really dramatic and really impressive to to show off to the other demons. Because he's trying to earn his status as a demon. Oh yes, because hell is a dog eat dog kind of. Well, they don't call it a hierarchy; they call it a lowerarchy. But but yes, it is fiercely competitive, and Wormwood wants to get his patients sinning greatly. But as you say, Screwtape says, no, 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 no. If cards will do it, if, if, if this vice is going to be enough, that's great. He says... If playing cards. Yes, if like... play, playing cards is going to be the thing that's going to nurture vice inside this guy, that'll do. He says we want a nice, gentle road to hell with no sharp turns, no signposts. Just, just slowly lull him to sleep. Because the fee for them, the feast will be there. If he, as long as he gets to hell, it doesn't matter if he gets there severely or minorly. They want to feast on his soul. I mean, that's is that? Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to recall. Like that's actually what they want. That's what they want. He, right. They say that that the enemy, i.e., God, in this case, you know, God wants sons that he can love. We want cattle for food. Yeah. Right. And the danger of of him doing something catastrophic uh, would bring his conscience into effect and make him realize oh no no no! i did i've done something wrong and make him desire repentance you right know, to repent because mm -hmm. if he tempted someone if he tempted him to murder and he did that murder might be the thing that, that drove him conversion. to heaven exactly. yeah like, like for his conversion Saint paul and also like the great divorce let me explain what that means <laughs> So in The Great Divorce, there is, a, there is a character who is in heaven and he meets somebody who's just arrived from earth and he's shocked to find this other guy already in heaven because of that very thing. He had killed somebody. So the other guy assumed you can't be here. But the thing is, mm. sinking that low had been the very thing that had woken him up mm. and caused him to, to, to cry out to God. So is he writing this book before or after The Lord of the Rings? Uh, before, because... Tolkien took forever to write The Lord of the Rings. So did Tolkien, because it seems to me like there's a lot of similarities between Worm Tongue mm -hmm. and Worm Wood. Well, they were also both students of language. So Tolkien was a philologist, so he was all about language. Okay. And Lewis loved it as well. And they have a lot of roots. His, his names, the names that Lewis uses for his various demons, in another of the prefaces, he says that everybody has these conjectures as to why I chose this name. And he said it was generally because of the sound. The sound of the name was evocative. So that's yeah, so a wormwood, worm tongue. Doesn't sound like a good thing. You wouldn't name your next child either of those, right? No. Right, no. Correct. They... Definitely not. <laughs> Both of your wives are listening to this, so you're going to be held to that. Yes. You can hold Deal. me to it. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but Frodo and Frodo and uh, Aragorn, they're still on the on, uh, on the table. Yeah. Okay. Sure. No. <laughs> They're not off the table in the way worm tongue is off the table. <laughs> correct. That's correct. Uh, okay, so speaking about wives, he also talks about uh, the relationship of husband and wife in the, in the fact of, you know, okay, use the everyday occurrences to cause them to sin. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. 
Well, it, he he is in the book. He's talking about it in relationship to the patient and his mother. But is as you, as you point out, it's equally applicable to uh, husband and wife, roommates. Uh, basically, when you're around people a lot, there are certain tones of voice that just rub you the wrong way. There's the way that person just raises their eyebrows. Just you know, they're secretly judging you, and. What, what, what Screwtape wants is for there to be discord within the house. And he wants each of the each of the people, the, both the patient and his mother, to look at the other and the things that they do that annoy them and assume that they're doing it on purpose. And never once consider the fact that, well, maybe they might be a little bit annoying as well. Yeah, it's all about not looking at a self-reflection of yourself, but always assuming the, the, the worst of the other person. Assuming the worst, yeah. You know... The reason why my my mother-in-law did this is because she knew I was going to be uh, upset about this and she wanted to get underneath my skin and so that's why she did it. And my reaction may I like there's no way my reaction was going to annoy her. <laughs> you know, that that's not that's not possible. There's no way I'm yeah, it's I'm not annoying me. It's not all, me. All I said is is this all we're having for dinner? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, when we get back, we're gonna continue this conversation here with David Bates. We'll be right back. Well, I hope you enjoyed that segment from The Catholic Man Show. As I say, you can subscribe to their podcast, and the next two episodes will be me talking about the Screwtape Letters. Well, looking at the time, in about two hours, Matt is going to be turning up, and we will quite literally go further up and further in and head to Monterey, North Carolina, for the International C.S. Lewis Symposium. I'm really looking forward to it. And as I say, we'll post some more episodes letting you know what we get up to when we go further up and further in. Cheers.